This week's episode has been sponsored by Oh My Bod, shifting the evolution of pleasure. Hello, I'm Suzanne. And I'm Zoe. And you are listening to Sex Advice for Seniors. And we are incredibly excited today to be joined. I'm so excited, Suzanne. (laughs) We're going to talk about penises and men's health. We are one of our favorite topics with Dr. Elliot Justin, who is from Firm Tech. And Elliot, welcome. So glad to have you with us. Thank you. Great. So tell us a little bit about your background and yeah. and Sure. Well, by background, I'm an emergency medicine physician. Uh, and as we were discussing earlier, short of a heart attack or a stroke, nothing concerns a man as much as a limp dick. So I, you know, I'm, I'm 70 years old. I, I'm, for, I'm, I'm fortunate to be in good health. I can make love every day. Um, and I, so I really hadn't thought much about this issue. Uh, but I was aware that it's, a lot, it's alarming to many men because the numbers are really distressing. Like 50% of men by age 50 have erectile dysfunction. By my age, it's a little bit over 70%. Uh, and there are so many common causes of it, diabetes, hypertension. One that doctors don't like to talk about is medication side effects because doctors, un, doctors don't esteem sexuality. They don't, they don't recognize how I feel comfortable talking about it. And, yeah. they, don't, and they, also don't, they don't recognize, they kind of minimize importance. They'll, they'll They'll place, say, high blood pressure is more important than sexual function or depression is more important than sexual function. But if you're prescribing medication to someone that makes things worse for them sexually, you're probably probably making their blood pressure worse. You're probably making their depression depression worse as well, too. Doctors, we are kind of assholes about this, I assume, in the UK, just like in the US. We don't ask about someone's sexual health. I've, I've never had a doctor ask me about my sexual health, the status of my marriage. Um, but warn me about the sexual side effects of a medication or, or, or a procedure. So we need, we as doctors need to pay, you know, pay much more attention to these issues. So about three yeah. years ago, uh, I was involved with medical technology. I'm very interested in wearables. So many, many years ago, I founded a company called SwiftMD that was the second oldest telehealth company in the United States. Uh, it's been sold since then. And I, that made me, I got kind of interested in tools that could be used to manage people's health at home. Mm. Uh, I'm also really interested in providing people with the knowledge that physicians should have, uh, but, but, but empowering people with that knowledge because people aren't motivated by secondary gain. They don't want to bring you to visits. They don't want to do surgery to you. They just want, we just want, we want more information about our bodies, especially in this area. So, uh, we live, we live in this wonderful age of healthcare wearables, smart watches, smart rings, smart bands, uh, but there's a gap, which is sex. Yeah. So, and so when I talk about sexual health gap, I don't, I'm not talking about novelties. You know, it's not like um, a novelty to my mind is uh, I'm, Suzanne, you know this, but Zoe and I are having an affair and we each have vibrators inside of our bodies right now. We're vibrating each other. You can't tell. But that's kind of cool. It's, it's a novelty, but it's, it, that, that's a novelty. It's not telling us anything about our health. Yeah. So if you give people data, if you, as the cliche goes, if you track it, you can hack it. So we want to give people data so that that, that and with the they can then measure the impact of diseases like diabetes, hypertension, 
or orgasm killers in women too, uh, antihypertensive medications, antidepressants, or diet, exercise, and supplements. Because when we're ignorant, we're, we, we have hopes, and we're the hopes that are dopes. And it's a multi, multi-billion dollar international industry, whether yeah. it's illegal you know, rhino horn in China, or whether it's uh, nitric oxide pills, you know, all these pills that are sold over the counter to improve men's and women's female sexual health. Yeah, I just you know, look. I don't. I don't. Especially after COVID, I don't particularly trust the conventional doctors. Uh, we've been scammed badly, but uh, it doesn't mean that that the nat- that the naturopaths or homeopaths have, are offering things that are particularly objective either. Uh, so yeah. that's so there's importance of data. So three years ago, a urology professor um, at the University of Utah said, "I want he wants to come up with a way of counting the, the number of nocturnal erections that men have," and I thought. Part of the language. What the fuck for? I mean, we we know we know about morning wood. Uh, we laugh about it, but what 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 is what what is going on here? There are actually ten or fifteen papers, twelve I think, less or less count, showing that the number if you, if a man could could track the number of nocturnal erections, and that number went down, it'd be it's a leading indicator of a cardiovascular problem or a medication problem until proven otherwise. Well, that's really really powerful. So, wow. People, which people track their blood sugar, they track their blood pressure, uh, and what do men care more about after all? The status of their erections, or how many steps it took yesterday, or what the weight is. So, I, I saw, so when he said this to me, I thought, well, nocturnal erections, what we can do better than that? Because what men, what men and the partners are really interested in is what's going on when trying to have sex. So, uh, that's. So I said, well, let's 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 you know, let's come up with a ring. Let's embed sensors into a into a cock ring. Yeah. Uh, and let's come up with the world's first smart cock ring. Now it has to be different than any other cock ring, because cock rings right now, this is this is you know, I mean, women like to complain that there's not enough attention paid to them, but you got all those fucking vibrators and dildos. <laughs> so <laughs> men have sh- men, men have shit. They have these these large stro- flashlight strokers. It looked like somebody could beat something to death with, and I certainly know. I mean, anyone who claims that this is an improvement on the human hands of human vagina is lying. They they are not. So, I mean, a fleshlight doesn't have a brain. A hand attached to a man or a woman has a brain attached to it and can deliver a lot more pleasure than any, any strokers. So, but the strokers. So, if the problem with cock rings is that they've been made the same way for. 150 years, it's a hard silicone ring. It's essentially a noose or a gasket, like you're lynching your dick, or you're putting a, putting a plumbing apparatus on your, on the penis. So a man has to have, this is not, now we're getting common problem with seniors. You have to have an erection first for these rings. You have to get blood yeah. in. Well, a lot of older people have trouble getting blood in because they're diabetic, they're hypertensive, uh, they have more a higher incidence of performance anxiety. So if you, put, if you had a ring that did not block the arterial flow, but only constrain the venous return. You did, they would have a ring that that could be put on discreetly, uh, or could be, or, or even more importantly, could be worn for longer sex sessions. Because another problem with these hard, cheap rings you get in a sex toy store is that uh, they really, after five or ten minutes, even fifteen minutes, they get up to the uncomfortable, and they can be dangerous, especially dangerous in men with high, high, high blood pressure, diabetes. After like 20, 20, 30 minutes, you want the damn thing off as well. Now, men will put up with pain. Uh, because a guy with a heart on, you probably stab him in the back and like keep on running, you know. So, <laughs> but they're only they're but they're but they're really but they're really uncomfortable and they've made the same stupid way. So, 
my thought was that we have to change the form. Before we embed the census, we have to change the form and the material. So I really have to thank, thank my wife for this. She has a stress ball on her desk, and I thought, oh, why are we making cock rings out of silicone? Let's make them out of elastomer. Elastomers are soft. The great thing about elastomers over silicone, and women understand this more than men do, women wear bras. Bras have a silicone strip in the back. Yeah. Uh, that gets to be uncomfortable. At the end of the day, you want that thing off. Imagine, Zoe and Suzanne, if you were asked to put on a bra that was three sizes or four sizes too small, you would say, get this fucking thing off me right now. This is get me out of this. Well, that's what a cock rig made out of silicone is. It's essentially a silicone band that's too small. So yeah. I, was, um, I was scratching my wife's back after taking a took a bra. I would say probably, probably half the heterosexual sex in the world starts at night when a woman wants a back scratch when, when she takes off a bra. And then, I, and then I noticed this incredibly feature on the bra, a hook. Oh. And I thought, oh, duh. Why, why you know, a, a bra, women don't put on bras over their head. Well, maybe a squash bra. Women don't put on bras over their head. A bra is a ring that opens and closes with a hook. Yep. And I thought, well, why don't they make a cock ring on the hook? Because then it's easy on, easy off. It's safe. Um, and, and then if we make it out of a soft elastomer, it could be worn for hours. Yeah. So that's the origin of, being a back, the background story of the form and material of, of the ring. And we have patents for, on, on it. Uh, and we sold over, well, of the rings without the technology, which is simply a superior, superior cock ring. We sold over 10,000. Let me get to the tech and then I'll get back to why, why rings are important for men, though. So we, we, one overnight, this device has a pressure sensor in there, oh, strain gauge in there. And as the, and then, it goes on differently. You drop the man drops his balls into it. I don't have a dildo here. I should. Penis is in one end. Yeah. Test, you know, testicle testicles are, are in the other end. Yeah. Uh, so worn overnight, we count the number of nocturnal erections. And as I said before, that's a leading indicator. So leading indicator is a really powerful statement to make in medicine. Blood pressure is associated with heart attacks and strokes. Nocturnal erections indicate whether you're going to have one. So. 50 to 60% of men who have a declining number of nocturnal erections will have a heart attack in three years. It's 88% of strokes can be picked up, vulnerability for strokes can be picked up by following nocturnal erections as, as well, too. And this, this is like real data. This is real data. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. Um, I mean, it looks like, because we don't have video, we don't use video on our um, okay. podcast, but oh, it looks like, it looks like, no, no, you can show us anyway. Maybe we'll do something, but it looks like a bit of a Fitbit. Um, uh, Fitbit. Fitbit. I, I have a Fitbit. Uh, it's a, what did we just call it? A Fitbit. Yeah. A, a Fitbit. A Fitbit. Yes. Yeah. Attached to like a um, something stretchy, so the stuff that's that's currently measuring my pulse is similar in a way to measuring your erections, kind of, right? Kind of. Yes, we're measuring the duration of erections, how long the erection lasts, and yeah. we're measuring how hard they are. Right. Wow. So, utilizing and is, that, the, and is that from the pressure of the penis against against this? the sensors? Oh, against correct. the sensor. Against the sensor, Interesting. Correct. Yeah. And then we, then we provide people with, we call it an erectile fitness score. Because right. before there's dysfunction, 
this fitness. And we want people to think in terms of fitness. I don't have ED. I'm like my sexuality where it is. How can I keep it where it is? Well, data helps. Uh, I yeah. do have ED or, I'm, or I've just started a medication. What's going on? What, how's this medication you know, impacting me? So, the, you know, if you have data, you can then, we're giving people objective, personalized, personalized information. So one of the, one of the things, ways in which doctors, again, are, are, are dicks is if, 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 the three, if, if the three of us on this call said we decided we had depression and we went to see our family doctor, or psychologist, psychiatrist, they would put us in the same dose of antidepressant medication, regardless of our gender, regardless of our difference in weight, regardless of yeah. our difference in age. And that's just stupid. Uh, yeah. Because so if you have, if you can provide people with, in, with individual data, uh, they then they then can titrate the medication. We, we, and we have people who are using our device for that for that very reason. Now, now we we recommend that people discuss that don't change their their medications on their own. They discuss it with healthcare providers. But we also know that's not the way people are. So yeah. uh, people, especially when people are reluctant to discuss issues of sex sex with with, with, with healthcare providers. So, but we have we have people we have doctors as well too who are using utilizing our devices to titrate. Per, personal responses to medications, especially antidepressants, antihypertensives, or anti-boldness medications, which can, uh, which um, are, those medications, finasteride, are associated with a higher incidence of, imp of impotence in, in men. And can so, I ask, um, do they have to, how long do they have to wear this for? Is it something that they wear every day? Or is no. it something they wear once a week? Like, what, how often do you advise using it? to track the, your nocturnal erections and to then discover where you are on this on the nocturnal erection spectrum. Sure. Oh, that was bloody difficult to say there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, nocturnal that's, erection spectrum. Spectrum, yeah. The, uh, that uh, journey from um, fitness into dysfunction. Which we, and, we yeah. want, we want to, and we want to help people stop going down that, that pathway. Uh, the device, um, we recommend that people initially wear it for four nights. Okay. It takes about four nights. The, the senses need to calibrate to the individual penis. Yeah. Uh, and and after four nights, we, we give people a score. And after that, if now obviously if you're starting a new medication or you have a new partner or you're wondering about the impact of whatever, a recreational drug or the, or the impact of, uh, of some supplement, you know, on, on your, you can take more readings. But I, I'm in good health, so I, I'm, I would our recommendations after the initial four readings. If you're normal, depends upon your age. I'm 70 years old. I check my blood pressure once a week. I would I, I check my my erectile fitness score once a week. You know, if I were yeah. 45 years old, I might do it once a month. Uh, yeah. to, or, but it depends upon it whether you know what one's underlying conditions are too. I think someone who's diabetic, hypertensive should check and should check it more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really interesting. Fantastic. This is fascinating. Yeah, well, it's world's first technology. I mean, there are there no one. I mean, there are four papers that have been accepted for publication. Uh, there are another five or six papers that will, be, will come out this year or early, or early next year. I mean, I, this will become, I believe, the standard of care. Not necessarily our device, but but the the data will become the standard of care. So, I mean, for example, if um, if all three of us on this call went to a doctor and said. Uh, you know, uh, my pulse feels irregular. 
and sometimes I feel like I'm going to faint. And the doctor just put a finger on our pulse and listened to the stethoscope. We think, what the fuck is this, 1880? I mean, I want, a, I want an electrocardiogram, check my blood pressure. How about a CT, how about a CT angiogram? I, I, you know, but that's where we are with, with gynecology and sexology, uh, yeah. gynecology and urology when it comes to sexual health. Most yeah. of what we do is based on opinions and speculation rather than you know, objective data. Yeah. So at, at both extremes, let's, let's, take, let's take both extremes of this. <clears throat> if, uh, if a man is having, not, is having, say, three or four good nocturnal erections per night, because the average man has three to five per night, uh, and he can't get up with a partner, there's something wrong in the relationship. Right. It, yeah. it, this is, uh, and at the other extreme, this particularly relates to, to, to older people, if, um, if, you're, if, if someone's not having any nocturnal erections, someone's getting wrist fatigue or jaw fatigue for nothing because it, it's just not happening. That, that person has a medical problem and, 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 and needs to see a doctor. And, and so that can, this information can be both disruptive in a relationship or very helpful in a relationship because it helps, it helps, people, it helps a couple or individuals to, to better understand what's, you know, what, what, you know, what's, what's happening. Well, uh, and here, you know, here I am to help the, the people who are medically sound having trouble in their, you know, in their relationships that are affecting sex. And sometimes it's not even the relationship, it's the actual sex that they're having because pornography is our de facto sex education. And <laughs> that leaves a lot to be desired in how the kind of sex that we're actually having. So well, pornography certainly can delude people as to what's going on. It's not—it's not an HB world out there. But in terms of older older people, one, you know, and and I call them my patients, but they're really they're really my customers. But I've spoken to more people about well, more older people, especially about sex, in the last year and a half than I have the entire rest of my life. Uh, mm. And it's become it's clear to me one that they're not—they're not, they're not telling the doctors what's going on with them. Yeah, uh, and. Because the things that people talk about are, uh, I get an erection and I lose it. Well, doctors don't. So most men's problem is not that they can't get it up; it's that they lose it. Yeah. Uh, and they lose it because they have because they they're saying they have um, I call it venous insufficiency. So doctors think about they, they think about venous leak syndrome, which is something men are born with, where you have weak veins and you can't get blood in the penis, but it doesn't it doesn't stay there. But every every man, frankly, every woman too, and we all get venous insufficiency as we get older. If I sit in a plane for five hours, sit at the desk for four or five hours, my socks will get a little bit tight. Yeah, my rings will will my fingers will swell a little bit if I if I dangle my arms. I'm older, uh, yeah. so uh, we have we have muscles, tiny little muscles around our venules, little veins that pump blood back to our heart, and they weaken with age, uh, and our, yeah. and the veins get the veins get baggier as, as a consequence. So uh, most so. One of the problems with the way doc, doctors just don't listen, though. So, and, and, and you see in the medical research, too. The medical, when medical research on, on ED groups together as, one, as ED, men who can't attain with men who can't sustain. Well, men who can't right. attain erection have, have much more severe problems, and, they, and they, they need a different type of help. Men who can't sustain erection, one, they need to think about why, why is that. Well, one, you're getting older. Two, what medications are, 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 might be contributing to that? Three, what's going on in the relationship? People don't want to talk yeah. about boredom. Yeah. So, what? What? Why do people go to porn? One reason is they're bored. Well, people, you know, couples need to talk about this 
um, because because when they, they put off sex, it's because they've lost confidence, they're bored, what you know, whatever. You you can talk your way you can talk your way through that. You also so what's great about our ring uh, in terms and 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 frankly it's changed it's changed our marriage. I'll, I'll personalize it. My wife is, is is seven years old as well too, mm-hmm. uh, and we. We make love differently now because because of the ring. We don't. I don't. We don't have sex without the ring. Not the ring with the data. We make a ring. We make another product called a Maximum Performance Ring or Max PR. Well, this is the only doctor designed ring. It's a little bit tighter than the ring of the technology. This is the only doctor designed ring to gear to both to help a man sustain an erection, but also produce a more powerful orgasm. Let me. I'll talk about sustaining in a moment. So we have, we looked at we looked at at 22 men, age 27, age 70, uh, and we wanted again we didn't we didn't want to block the arterial flow in. We just want to constrain the venous return, and we did we compared our ring, maximum performance ring, to Tadalafil, which is the most common most common PD5 Viagra type medication in the United States, probably probably in the UK as well too. Uh, and I, I I don't know any guy over the age of 50 is not taking it. I know guys on the on the age of 50 take it. Whether they need or not, and part and part of this is, is it, it does have a profound placebo effect. Um, yeah, I mean, I got guys who are prescribed to tell me just knowing I have it on my night my my night tail makes me more confident. That's how powerful the placebo the placebo effect is. But the PD five medications put more blood into the penis. But if a man can get an erection, his pr- primary problem is not getting blood into the penis; it's keeping the blood there. And the yeah, PD five yeah. medications are not particularly effective at, at doing that. So about half the people who take PD five medications say they don't work. Well. They don't work. The guys, they don't, they don't, you know, they need them. So we did, we did a study of D2-mescence. D2-mescence, two messes the time to get an erection. D2-mescence the time it takes to lose an erection. And we looked at that uh, after climax. No stimulation, because we want to try to eliminate as many variables as possible. So the time it takes for erection to go down is about 35 seconds. And at 25, 35 seconds in an average man. Uh, the time it takes for an erection to go down with Tadalafil, 10 milligrams, was a little bit over two minutes. And when I say to go down, I mean penetration is impossible. Too soft to penetrate. With, our, with, with the maximum performance ring, it's a little bit over four minutes. And with the wow. ring and Tadalafil together, it's a little bit over five minutes. So the, the longer the erection takes to go down, the more blood is being retained in the, in the penis. The more blood is retained in the penis, the better the... The more, more sensation that a man has, because the more blood, same thing with clitoris, the more blood it retains, the more sensation there is. Um, so what? What? And there's going to be uh, one or two papers about addressing this, utilizing our device this year. What? What's the takeaway from this? Well, takeaway is, men, if you want to last longer and have more, and uh, get harder. Stay harder, rather. Not get hard. Stay harder. We don't get hard. Maybe people hard. We can help to stay hard. Put a fucking ring on it and take a pill. And then, if, if for the most pleasure, take take a pill as well. So, in our lifetimes, you 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 ladies look young, a little bit younger than me, but it's really our our lifetime, our generation. Vibrators went mainstream. My mother's vibrator was in the bottom dresser drawer of the supply closet. Uh, <laughs> You know, and she told me we'd never find it. We know what the fuck it was. She said it was a massager, you know, whatever. I don't remember what she said. But uh, my, you know, my wife, probably like you ladies, owns, I don't know how much she owns. But she, but she, 
and she varies what her favorites are because because the, the market is really addressed. If you want a rumble, you want a buzz, you want this shape, you want that shape. The market, yeah. the, the vibrating market is, is, is enormous, uh, and they've gone ma- they mainstream. Uh, and uh, you know, my our daughter, her generation, they take them on dates. So back in the seventies or eighties, there, there was a certain shame about using a vibrator, and that's not the case at all at all right now. It, mm. You know, they're 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 they're, no, they're normalized. Um, yeah, yeah. The that hasn't happened to cock rings. Cock rings is still in the closet. Uh, and one of well, our goals. I, d- mm, I don't know if that's true. I mean, I'll not, they're out of your closet. <laughs> they're definitely in my closet. I mean, it's funny because I'm I'm living in the Grand Canaries, and I and I brought with me just these little stretchy. Yeah. They're like a last. They're like silicon, but they're stretchy, yeah, right? Yeah. And they're and they're a ring, and they're and they're super easy to go on and and stuff like that. And now I've tried them. A couple of times with some people, and they're like, "Can I take this home with me?" Sure, yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> I'm like, "Yes, of course you can," because it was like twenty cents, and you can have that. It is my gift to you. But it, you know, I, they're not embarrassed using it. Is the point, right? So I think rings have gone away from being embarrassing. Certainly within the kink community, they've been around for a long time. And, and, and I think there's a certain element amongst older men that are now recognizing the benefits of using ring for just keeping the blood in, you know, in there without, without going, as you say. Um, I'm, you know, there was some question I had about the the power ring. So what I'm trying to understand, because I I really do understand how the rings work. Ring. Yeah. What is the what's the thing that that is in your ring that's giving it that extra boost? What is what what is it you actually? What boosts what boost the erection? Nothing. No, the oh. ring, the power, the power ring. That's the different one of, from the other one. Oh, oh, the max what PR. Is, the max PR. Like, what is it? What's it actually doing it's to the, give it that it's, extra? It's, it's it's the right amount of pressure over the urethra. So we okay. again, our, our goal was to increase the ejaculatory phase by fifty percent. No one has ever. I mean, I, I'm one of our distributors in the United States is Doc Johnson, the largest sex toy distributor in the United States, maybe the world. Uh, and we also have worked with uh, Ecom EQOM. They're in the Netherlands. They're an enormous sex toy distributor. Yeah, Europe. yeah. Uh, and none of the rings they, that they that they're selling have ever been tested. Material-wise, to generate to increase the ejaculatory phase. So, yeah. I mean, you can achieve that effect with with other rings, but you have to play around with it. Whereas ours is actually tested on men for the right degree, if you will, of stretch, you know, um, you know, sponginess, if you will, if, yeah. uh, of, of the ring, so that yeah. it, it could comfortably have that effect. Now, you can do the same thing with, with a lasso, yeah. um, but you've got to play around with it I mean, you can ch- with the lasso you can actually choke off the uh the ejaculation choke off when you get retro ejaculation that's yeah. it's uncomfortable it's also, it also has a risk of infection as well too so the goal so that's 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 what's special about the maximum performance ring oh, um, I see. it also it okay. also has it also has it has the same you know hook, hook feature that the regular yes. that the regular that the regular ring does and it's also a penis scrotal ring because one of our goals is so with the simple rings they had no impact yeah. on the testicles. So the testicles are actually a secondary erogenous zone. But right. what happens to balls during sex? They're up, they're down, they're here, they're there. What the fuck are they? What, 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 what does a man want with balls during sex? We'd like them to be caressed or stroked. Same thing a partner wants with balls during sex. Yeah. Um, so our ring 
not only goes around the base of the shaft, the pin is, but it goes around the top of the testicles. So going around the top of the testicles, we accomplish three things. One, we, we hold a little bit more blood in the testicles. Two, that means that if I hold more blood, they're now more sensitive to touch. Um, Three, they're in a consistent location for someone to grab. So you know, my wife calls it a bra for balls for that reason. Uh, bro. <laughs> bro. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the scrotum. Yeah. yeah. Zoe so, loves the scrotum. Sure. She's a but, scrotum but, lover. But, but otherwise, they're without a ring. Without a ring around the top of the testicles, they're, you know, they can be inside, outside, you know. And so, you know, what you think about, well, look, look, women who have, who have, who are, have larger breasts, what do they do with their breasts during sex? They bind them. They bind them because it makes them, I mean, by bind, I mean, they wear a negligee or they wear yeah, yeah. Um, a white That's what my wife does. Otherwise, they're here, they're there. They're not where she wants them to be or where I want them to be. Uh, mm. So. I'm, I'm all for having. My husband's scrotum served up to me. <laughs> you, you should get a max PR. You're gonna, he, you too, you're going to love it. Yeah. No, but I know what I was going to say. What I was going to say was that when, you know, when as an older person, you've got, you potentially have a heart disease or high blood pressure, low blood pressure. Often, you know, I, I speak on, uh, I remember my father, I think it was, and I think my mother as well. They were sent home with um, with patches that were connected to a machine that would start uh, testing their blood pressure throughout the day to understand what was going on to see if they were at risk, right? And mm-hmm. and this these sorts of things are very common when you're older and they think you might have a heart problem is they send you off with these with like a holder. they look like. You know, monitors, monitors. Thank you for that, right? It's it's called a halter monitor. It monitors your cardiac monitor. Exactly. Uh, And and I thought the the thing about my, your, your, um, you know, your firm tech device is that why are the doctors not sending men home with this, right? I don't know about it. You know, (laughs) that's why. No, but to me, it's like a no, you know, like where the market is, the biggest potential market is in potentially diagnosing heart disease, di- all these conditions prior to those, to somebody having a heart attack, having a stroke by saying, look, you're a guy. And one of the ways that we test this is through your nocturnal erection. So we're going to send you off with this device. Off you go. We're going to, you're going to wear it for four days. You're going to come back. You're going to show us the data and we're going to see what's going on here because this is a clear indicator of, of potentially you're at risk. And that's right. We can sort so, this out before this, this, it happens. This is the future. Suzanne, this, this, is, this is the future as no, I, as no, I, as no, I envision it. This is the future. It's not a cons- for me, this is like it's a lovely consumer product. I love it. Don't get me wrong. But for me, this is every hospital needs to be giving these yes. to men to be going to them look, we know that a certain percentage of you are going to have heart attacks, are going to have strokes, are going to have this, and we can help prevent this by just letting you go away with this or buy it or do whatever the fuck you want with it for, you know, for, for four days and then, and then come back and show us, show us the evidence and then we can rule it out or not rule it out. Right. I mean, that's and for goal. me, that's the thing that's really exciting because we have spoken to people in the show about the fact that erections are so important 
in determining whether or not you are at risk of heart disease. And, and I think a lot of men don't take it seriously enough, frankly, because I, you know, when I notice that in intimate moments, in new situations where I know that they should be, you know, where I can, they're older guys and stuff and stuff's happening. I, I think about that. I'm like, You've spoken about that, Suzanne. You know, here. Yeah. yeah. Well, two things. One, I, you know, uh, the I think this is like a sixth vital sign, and I am confident that uh, within two or three, as that, that's what. So we have all this research that's going to be published. You're all we we've been to the European Society of Sexual Medicine show now twice. So we'll yeah. be back in Europe in May for the European uh, Federation of Sexology. Uh, we go to we we're have, we'll be at the American Urology Association in you know this spring as well too. We're publicizing it, but the research is more important. As the research gets pub- published, as doctors speak at the podium about our device, and they are starting to do it, uh, this will become a standard of care, and, yeah. and, and 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 a standard for research as, as well. Uh, and it's going so just the way, as I said before, you if you went to a doctor, they didn't check your blood pressure and get a cardiogram and think you know what is this? It's going it's going to be the same way. And it's the same way for women too, because we developed the device for women as well. We're yeah. talking about men here, but uh, we have developed a device. We've tested on thirty-eight women to, to measure the health of the clitoris yeah. and help the clitoris. Men and women are actually there are ways in which we're different, and there are ways in which are similar. And, and there's so many ways in which our sexual organs are analogous. Women have nocturnal clitoral arousal. Um, we don't. No one's. No one really since Master Johnson has quantified it. And so we don't really yeah. know. I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be just like men. I'm assuming that women are going to have, I'll make it up, uh, three to five episodes of, not, of arousal while they're sleeping. Uh, and that number is going to be predictive of the, uh, or revelatory of the cardiovascular health or the reaction to medications. So postmenopausal women lose their hormonal protection against um, atherosclerosis, diabetes, hypertension. They have all the same problems that men do. Premenopausal women have problems that men don't have. And they're yeah. they're 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 pharmacology related. They take anti antidepressants four times as much, five times as much as men do, younger men. Uh, and they also take hormones for, for birth control. And both those things yeah. kill us of sexual pleasure. And no one knows what the right again, no one knows the right doses. So people, if if women had data, they could then uh, get the, hopefully get the benefit of these medicines without the side effects, or frankly, just decide. I, I'm going to live without it because the impact yeah. on my sexuality is so obvious. Why would why why would I take something that's that's, that's killing my sexual sexual performance? So this this yeah. area of, of extreme anxiety for especially for younger women, difficulty having an orgasm, uh, becomes result. Some it's going to be large. I think it's going to be largely resolvable once once people see objectively see the impact of these medications on them, or once they um. In a relationship, can sort out well. Is it him or me? Uh, mm. So that's you know. Ha- to ha- so I, it's, I don't have the money right now to take this female device, commercialize it the way we have with a male device. We sold like eleven thousand of male devices. Mm. Female device. I just it's really a question of money and time. I will. We will do this, um, and we will do this. Not probably this year, but probably twenty five. Great. Glad to hear it. And that. Right, and that's really, really important for older women as well too. So, it's, um, but the ring, but in terms of um, the value of the ring itself, I just can't emphasize. And, and you get this, Suzanne, obviously, it's so important to put a ring on. 
Yeah, absolutely. Put a ring on it. Who was it that said that? I think people should celebrate their wedding, their partnership or wedding anniversaries by taking a knee and putting a ring on it. <laughs> anyway. Where can people find your more to learn more about the device, about you? Where can people find you? Sure. You can find uh, us, me, at myfirmtech, M Y F I R M T E C H, myfirmtech.com. Uh, you can reach me directly there. It's Elliot, E L L I O T, at myfirmtech.com. Uh, and to any listeners of your podcast, uh, if you use the promo code, I know Elliot, I not know. I K N O W Elliot E L L I O T one T not the British spelling. Uh, this is twenty percent discount. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy to talk to people about their issues. And so one thing that I, uh, I did, we didn't get to is prostate disease. Because when we talk about sex and the elderly, we need to recognize that a significant number of men are going to have, have prostate disease. Uh, and when these men get operated on, it's 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 a killer. Uh, so 40 to 80% of men who get operated on are impotent after surgery. And the recovery period is protracted. Yeah, um, yeah. It really can, t- can take uh, one to two years for men, for men to recover. And most men don't recover unless they do their exercises, take their medications, pump, etc. Many men give up. So our, our device is really valuable for these men for two, two reasons. One, they can see that they're recovering if they're not with the nocturnal erections before they experience their recovery in bed. Uh, and we have men and doctors who utilize the device for that, pur- for that purpose. But there's also a specific messy problem after after prostate surgery called climacteria that I never heard of until I had men call me up and tell me they were using my, my, our ring for climacteria, which men, they, they, they urinate when they climax, which is kind of, kind of bedroom unfriendly, unless you're really kinky. I guess if you're really kinky, that's okay, but, if, but it's kind of bedroom unfriendly. So there, so there's this woman in Australia who's doing a paper of utilizing our ring, um, you know, for this very purpose, and, and she finds it to be effective. Ninety-five percent of the time, the, the climacteria resolves when men when men have our ring on. They like our ring because our ring is soft and comfortable, and also uh, older people like to have sex for longer periods of time. I, I, that's why I talk to sexologists or urologists about how well the average man comes in seven minutes. It's not talking about a seventy-year-old man, then. And frankly. Uh, you're not so it, it's the same thing with when they say well, the average woman comes in 14 minutes well you know, you're not talking about a 70 year woman either I, I, so the great thing about the ring in my dreams <laughs> the great, the, 140 minutes maybe yeah well but also you, you, you want to, why would why would you want to just come in seven minutes and that's like no. having hors d'oeuvres okay I'm done you know, so, yeah you know, uh, and that gets to actually another point I'd like to, to discuss, and I'm certain you, you women would agree with me, which is that people need, especially older people, to plan for pleasure. Younger people too, but younger people to plan for pleasure. Yeah. If you rely, yeah. if you're if you're in a, a long-term relationship and you rely upon spontaneity, and you're and you're older, well, you're tired, you work, you take, you know, you you drink, you know, it, it, you end up putting it off, and then you lose confidence. And yeah, next yeah. thing you know, you're, next thing you know, you're putting off pretty fucking regularly. So. You know, Zoe and Suzanne, if you were coming to visit me in Montana, uh, by the way, come. I'm a really great chef. I'm probably, my house is probably the best you're restaurant You're really funny here. as well. And you're really funny. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. If, I, if, you come, if you were going to come come here for dinner, it'd be special. So I wouldn't like, you know, 
It would be like, you know, you ring the doorbell and I'd say, oh, what's in the refrigerator? Oh, we got some leftover rotisserie chicken. Let's just heat it up with some ketchup on it. You know, I, I, I would plan a meal because it's more, more joyful. With a ring on. With a ring on it, right? <laughs> Every, everyone gets a ring and comes to visit. I, you want to put it, you want to, um, you know, the point is when it comes to sex, people, I mean, to some degree, porn is, point is, I think porn can be invidious, but it also can point people in the direction plan if there are things that you that you like in porn show it to your partner hey here are three you know okay you don't like the way it looks it's vulgar whatever but blah 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 here are three things that we don't do that i'd like to do let's plan let's plan to, to, to incorporate these things that goes that goes for women as well too because 40 percent of porn according to porn up sort of close to percent of porn is watched by women um yeah. anyway we have reached way beyond oh, okay, our sorry. 30 minutes <laughs> that we usually stop but we've enjoyed this so much and um we will we will put your promo code on all of the website links and all the stuff for your devices it has been super fascinating i am really yeah just loved loved hearing about this i'm a big coppering fan so he's a big scrotum fan so yeah (laughs) you gotta be my wife hey annie come on for a second but uh, Suzanne is a big Cochrane fan. Zoe's a big Scrotum fan. I think you're a fan of both. I... Scrotum balls. <laughs> Here's a... Lovely, lovely to meet you. Lovely to meet you. You are, you, are, you are so lucky. You are so lucky. If you if you find another one like him, if you find another one like him, can you just send him over to London? <laughs> Will you? Will you? Yeah, yeah, we're going to be in London. Our daughter lives there. One, uh, one of our kids lives there. And we're going to be in London in May. Uh, oh, love cool. to get together. Yeah, let's do that. I, I sing as well. I've got a gig in May. So okay. you might even be able to come see me sing. That'd be so cool. Anyway, that's all from me. Well, I've and that's all from me. I was Elliot, lovely. It's a pleasure. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye.